Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Adventures of Gigi podcast. I'm Gia Perro. I'm Gareth Stora. And we're here to relive the splendor. For the nostalgia. That is everything Mariah. Hey, welcome back to the Adventures of Gigi. Hey, you guys. And we're here for our next episode, which is the covers ranking. So... Some people are a bit divided over a Mariah Carey cover. Over here in the UK, people tend to love a Mariah Carey cover, but there's always something a little bit lost for me in terms of like the quality of um, her performance because she's singing somebody else's lyrics. Even though she's able to make the song her own, it kind of gets lost a little bit. How do you feel about a Mariah Carey cover, Gia? Well, yeah, first of all, we've gathered here today to rank our top 10 covers. <laughs> And I totally get what you were saying about maybe the emotion not being all the way translated through because it's not her own lyric. And as I was coming up with my top 10, looking at all of the covers she's done, covers she's saying live, covers she's put on her albums, I feel like I might not give people the top 10 they were expecting based upon like, oh, these are just all the covers that are on her albums and whatnot. I just like don't want people to think that my top 10 covers are like whack or something. I think with a Mariah Carey cover or covers in general, I think it's always going to be a bit of a divided opinion. And just when you get talking to people or see people's like personal opinions of a particular song or whatever. So hopefully we'll shine a bit of light on either the Mariah Carey cover or even the original. Who knows? But um we're not here to sort of like divide any opinion as such. We're just here to say what ours is right now. And it might even change. Usually whenever we say certain things about, oh, I like that album or that album's a skip album, we come back and we're like, oh my God, this song was on this album. And I absolutely love that song. You know, there's always something that kind of like switches a little bit depending on your mood or the time, you know, like I much more appreciate Charm Bracelet, for example, as an album now than what I did probably in 2004, 2005. I think things do stand the test of time. It just depends on where you're at. Yes, these are my top 10 covers right now. These change. These are like fluid. They don't always stay the same. I used to really dislike one or more of these songs and they used to be at the bottom of my list. And maybe... (laughs) We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay, let's just start, Garrett. You go into your first, your 10th, your lowest ranked top cover song. Okay, so I feel really bad for saying this because I absolutely love this, but... But it's your top 10. It's your top 10. So in at number 10 for me right now has to be, and I love this song. I was searching for it everywhere when I found out it was a thing and didn't know about it for so, so, so long. But at number 10, it has to be We're Not Making Love Anymore. It was originally by Barbara Streisand in 1989. It was written by Diane Warren. So of course, Michael Bolton got his hands on it in 1991. And I think before he did it with Patti LaBelle, he wanted to do a performance to introduce Mariah Carey in 1990. And then it eventually became a recording with Patti LaBelle. Fine, whatever not really here for the song by anybody else, just this live performance. And I think it could have been a cute moment for the Emotions album if it had been recorded. I do like it. 
it's a really cute uh, version with those two together because Michael Bottom's got a really, well, he used to have a really good voice. A bit kind of like mum doing the hoovering kind of music, but it's not, he's got like one good song, I think, and that's it. And it's been done by so many other people. I don't know if it was a cover version when he did it, but his music he's gets- got some cute songs. I can only name one song. And Michael Bolton used to be sexy. Like I used to have the biggest, <laughs> I, girl, don't even start with me. I used to have the biggest crush on Michael Bolton. And he's got like range for a guy. He's the got really that hard. <laughs> he's got the when a man loves a woman. I bet that's what you're talking about. No. Um... Oh, we'll see. There's another one then. And he's got um, the one song from Hercules. Oh god, I knew about the one from Hercules actually. Wasn't really here for it. I prefer the the cartoon version. Same. No, he's got one song that he did. I found someone which Cher covered as well. I do like the Michael Bolton version though. Yeah, that would have been fucking epic as a duet between those two. But this one that we're talking about right now, it was a live performance. It, he wanted to introduce her to. I mean, obviously this must have been through Tommy, I don't know, but he wanted to introduce her to the people at this particular music convention. So he got her up on stage to sing this song. There was a snippet circulating YouTube and whatnot a few years ago. And then all of a sudden around Christmas time, somebody put the whole version on and it hasn't been taken down. I don't want to jinx it. It's out there, guys, go search for it. It's beautiful, but it's proper like early days Mariah as well. Yeah, I've definitely heard that song i've definitely heard we're not making love anymore it's not my favorite like her range is crazy it's super debut era and i love michael bolton i just wouldn't put it in my top 10 but i also didn't actually think about that one when i was putting it in because i was like so caught up by my other live performances but that's a good call if i would have thought of it i may have possibly put it in my top 10 but it just didn't make my cut but that is a good one Gareth I wasn't expecting you to go for it especially because to me you're more of like a, a boppy remixy sort of lamb and this is like super 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 music box middle of the road debut era I think it was the FOMO because we didn't know about it for so long and then all of a sudden it was talked about and then there was a snippet and then there was the full version I would have loved for this to have been a proper thing on emotions or not on the debut. I don't think it needs to be on the debut. It could have been on emotions. I think it could have worked on the debut, but you did say emotions. I think it could have fit there, but both of the first albums are giving me like so many vocals already and so many emotions already that it might be a little bit much, but I, I don't know, Lambs, can, if you convince me, it might, it might go on emotions. Who knows? My top 10 is going to start with a live cover as well. One that I knew that we had for a while, but a few lambs didn't, is Just Be Good To Me, which she covered live on the Music Box Tour and the Daydream World Tour. And then we got it, uh, an MP3 version, which was the Tokyo version, available on the Rarities album with the Tokyo Dome. So that's been one of my favorite Mariah covers since I heard it. It's been on heavy rotation ever since we got the Rarities album. So yeah, it's a good one. But what about what about the original? Have you heard the original? I have heard the original. This one she doesn't really 
take everywhere. You know, it's not, she's not like, um, I mean, she is turning it into her own, but she's not like reformatting it or like she's not rearranging much here. But to me, it's just like for the daydream era, it's emotional. And then, oh, I just feel like that whole tour is so like, polished and kind of manufactured and then she just comes out and sings this cover I was not expecting it the first time I saw the daydream tour video I was like blown away I had no idea she did the cover I was like is this her song I had to look it up so it's a cover of the SOS band does be good to me and that also she uses the SOS band to sample the always be my baby remix so it's kind of a similar vibe but it's I like it I love that Mariah did it I think it should have been on an album somewhere but I'm glad that it is now yeah it is now (laughs) after all this time yeah Gareth okay so what is your number nine my number nine now I do realize this might have you a little bit disappointed but I digress one more try from me I am Mariah the elusive chanteuse I love the George Michael version. It was a 1987 uh, song for George Michael. It's beautifully sang. It has so much meaning as a song and it kind of has a a very personal, special meaning to me as well, which I'm not going to go into right now. But they're very similar, but he just goes into it and you hear all the emotion throughout the song in his version, but with hers, it's a bit more raw. So it's a different approach to the delivery, but she actually sounds like she's a bit sort of like depleted when she's singing this. And it helps the story of the song. It helps the emotion. So I do like her version. It doesn't build and soar like a normal Mariah Carey ballad or cover or whatever, but I don't think it needs to. Considering the album it's on, it could have gone somewhere else. But um, I'm not mad at it. I do like her version. That's pretty much it for me. It's a special song. I like what she did with it. She could have done a little bit more in the crescendo parts of it, you know, where it's supposed to go bigger and whatever, but she didn't. But I I still listen to it. I did try to make you listen to it once, but uh, a failed attempt. One More Try is not my song, period. It's just not it uh, for me. (laughs) It just reminds me of my ex-boyfriend who was super draining. And then like by the time we got to One More Try, there was just no trying left. So that's how I feel about that song. And Gareth did did try to make me listen to the entire side side, um, C and D of Me, I Am Mariah. And it just... It's not happening for me. You know, I love, I love, 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 love Mariah. Love me. I am Mariah. Just not the second half of the album. It's just not my thing. So hopefully MC16 is a little different. If she gives us me, I am Mariah. I hope she gives us side A and B of me. I am Mariah. But I digress from that. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. I wanted to talk about like Heavenly as well, because that's a really nice cover, but I didn't know where to put it in. I love it as a cover, but I really think that Heavenly would have been absolutely golden if she'd have done it as a duet with Mary Mary, because their version is beautiful as well. And I think if they'd have just done it together, it would have been absolutely epic. But yeah, what's your number nine, Gia? My number nine 
is taking it back to the glitter album and it's didn't mean to turn you on I just like the song. It's super, you know, it's boppy. I'm a totally boppy cover girl. Like these sad covers, I I just can't with them. Like some of them are okay, but I like Mariah's sad songs. I don't want, I don't know. I'm not even going to dwell on that too long. But to me, I've heard the original version. I've heard Mariah's version. Mariah just fills the empty spaces with more vocals and ad-libs and things of that nature. And it's a total 80s bop moment. And when I want to have a dance, a boogie, a jig, put on the first, uh, the vinyl of the glitter because they separate the bops from the ballads. And this is probably the one I'm breaking down to the hardest. It's, um, it is a good cover. Um, have you heard the Robert, Robert Palmer version? I haven't heard it. No, I've just heard the original and Mariah's. It, it's it's not a good vibe. It's really lame. Your number eight is going to be what? Bringing on the heartbreak. Festive. <laughs> <laughs> and purely because in a similar way, I, how I wanted one more try to go, she actually does it with this. She actually delivers it with this. And it starts off quite mellow, quite almost raw a little bit. Um, not as raw as one more try. But in comparison to the original by Def Leppard, the 1981 Def Leppard track, they really go hard from the get-go, like boom, you know, all the way through. It's a really good song. And she manages to do something a little bit softer. So you really do listen to the lyrics, even though they're not her lyrics. So, you know, I kind of get what you're saying with the slow versions. It, if it's a slow moment, she could do that at the beginning of her career where she's trying to get the people to be locked in. But now she's got the fans at this point and onwards, like it's, let's just have a party with these, you know, do your own emotional moments and we'll feel it, you know? But I do feel it with this. It builds, it builds. And I do like the crescendo moment more than anything else. I love the piano over the drum beat. It's nice. Um, and obviously the high note, of course, that was going to come. <laughs> that high note at the end for me was everything. I know she's not really done it live or we've not seen an epic live moment of it. It's always lit. But I'm okay with that. I would like a live moment of it because it's... When you get lost into this song, like if you just put Charm Bracelet on and maybe do the housework or something or whatever it is that you do when you put these records on, if you get lost into the song, it's just it just comes out of nowhere. It's amazing. And I, every time I listen to it, I cannot get over that whistle note. So what's your number eight, Gia? Oh, no, we're going to go into my opinions on bringing on the heartbreak first. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. You thought you could get away. No. So... Bringing on the Heartbreak is absolutely my skip from Charm Bracelet. I think for how underrated Charm Bracelet is, this is one of the most overrated covers by Mariah. That, that's how I feel about it. You're so funny. You're making eyes at me. He keeps making eyes at me. But I just didn't, I didn't want my cover list to be like, without you, open arms, against all odds bringing on the heartbreak like I didn't want it to be like that so that's how I felt like there's no shade to anyone whose playlist or cover playlist or ranking if those are your top favorites that's your top favorite but to me those are all really boring and I just feel like I feel like those are like 
when I want to skip a track on a Mariah album, it's usually one of those covers. And that's just not, I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm not trying to talk shit. I just don't feel like those are her shining moments. And if you love those songs, play them. I We love everybody. These particular songs, though, like when we talk about Open Arms and Without You and, and even Against All Odds and those kind of, they're like proper big power ballad songs. And I think in a way it was just done as a cover for her or picked, maybe she didn't pick them because it was probably recommended that, oh, you could really like slay this with, I mean, they probably didn't use that terminology, but you could kill this with your vocals. Yeah, of course she does. But like what we've said before in our conversations, like, and what we said at the beginning of this episode, when she does those songs just for the sake of delivering the vocal, it, it lacks the emotion and the personality when she and sings- that's, that's how I feel about bringing on the heartbreak also I just feel like it's just a vocal show-off showcase yeah. moment the like the things that you brought up about it, it's like the climax and the whistle and like to me that's all there is if she really likes the song I'm glad she did a cover of it and got to do it but to me it's not, it's more impressive than like makes me feel a certain way. And that's normally what my friends say about Mariah is like, oh, she's more like just impressive to look at, like to hear like a song. And that's why they're not lambs or not hardcore fans because- Or worth knowing. I disagree. I, I don't feel that way. I just, the whole album was bringing on the heartbreak or even like the first album, you know, if every album was like the first two albums, I don't think I could be a lamb, you know, it's a lot. It's so much that it's like you are doing too much. And that's how I feel sometimes. Not to say that the first albums are too much. I just mean that if every album is like bringing on the heartbreak, I don't think I can do it. Am I, am I a lamb? Am I not a lamb anymore? No, I think if she'd have been like a one-trick pony and done the same thing throughout her career, people would have got bored around probably whatever the that daydream version would have been. You know, if she hadn't have switched things up and started just doing her own thing, at, like at that particular point, then it would have got very boring because we would have heard it all before. So when she changed it, well, she changed, she started to change a little bit music box. We've had this conversation, but she didn't really go for it until a little bit later on. And then when we got all these little bits where we see a bit more of a personality coming through. It's just like, yay, yay, what's this, what's this? And regardless of whether those particular albums on their own sold 10 million copies or three, four, five, six million copies, doesn't matter because, you know, they still sold a shit ton regardless. And, you know, and I don't want to mention too much about this person, but even Madonna, you know, she tries to change herself every album. And that was a winning formula for a, a, a moment. But everyone's bored of that now from her because she's an old lady. But Mariah Carey's got her lane. She sticks to her lane and she does it really fucking well. So it, you're not um, saying anything wrong. And it's your opinion anyway. So don't worry, darling. Yeah, I just feel like bringing on the heartbreak is more extra and impressive than it is emotionally moving or um, it to me, it's not very substance. Like, what is the word? There's not much substance there for me. It's just like, oh, I can sing this 
guitar riff as a whistle and that's impressive it's cool but to me like that doesn't mean as much as a looking in where the vocal isn't I know that's not a cover or even some of these other covers like that I'm about to get into there's more emotion there than like oh I can do this and that's impressive therefore it's a good song you know what I mean yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. I don't mean to tangent about that. I just don't like those covers that are on the albums. They're not my favorite. And I'm glad that we got into it. And I'm sorry, if your whole list is going to be those, uh, don't be mad at me for saying that. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're not. Mine, mine changes at some point. You'll see. You'll see. So my number eight song is going to be Don't Play That Song For Me. I knew she did a live cover of it during her debut performance at the Tattoo Club. But I think that MC30 coming around and getting the live EP of that moment really sold the song for me. So I am on the Aretha Franklin cover train. What do you think about it? I don't know. I love it. It's on my list somewhere. So I'm going to save my input till we get there. Okay, that sounds good. Then should we move along to your number seven? seven? (laughs) Your number seven. So my number seven... Is didn't mean to turn you on. Oh, gee, sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like the Sherelle version. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know about the Sherelle version had I not heard Mariah's version. So I'm not living for the Sherelle version. Mariah's version is very similar to the Sherelle version. But of course, we get the Mariah vocals, the Mariahisms in there. And I'm all for that. The Robert Palmer version is very Robert Palmer but it could have been something else so shame on you Robert Palmer may you rest in peace but you could have done a better job Mariah's version is so playful it's such a fun cover because it brings back all the nostalgic feels of the 80s of the original cover not the Robert Palmer version and it shows off her fun side it shows off harmonies it shows off the big vocals that she can do for a fun moment and it doesn't have to always be woe is me I'm so sad him here the emotion that I wrote or somebody else wrote, depending on what kind of moment this is. This is a fun moment. And I would happily have this on at a house party full of people that didn't even like Mariah. And I'm pretty sure that they would still like this song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could totally put it on and have people be about that song. I don't think that it would be like, oh, this is Mariah. I don't like that. Like if I didn't even if I wasn't even aware that I mean, maybe you could tell it's Mariah by her voice, but I feel like the glitter era is such a unique era vocally that you probably could get away with it. Someone being like, who is this? You know, and it does have a super 80s vibe. So there's a lot of synth instrumentation there. That's a synth instrumentation. But there's like a couple of dance remixes of... I guess the original one, because the music's so identical, it's hard to tell. I guess it is the original one, um, just because... It of... is. It's the exact original. Oh, you heard the dance, like, remix? No, not the... Oh, I thought you meant the cover versus the original. Oh, yeah, 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 kind of. But I meant, like, when I heard this this dance version, not of Mariah's, but I think it's of the original, because there's no vocals in it. So it's. I guess it's just the original. And it's looped all the way through. And then I think there's like other instrumentation, like new instrument instrumentation put over the top. It's on for a moment. I don't know who did it. I think they did it in like 2005 or something. It's cute. It's been played in a few places that I've been to. So I think if I was to put Mariah on at a house party, they would be like, I didn't know she did this song. And of course, 
you'd have to go in lower let me sit down let me tell you a tale <laughs> but um I, I think it's still a vibe, it's still a bop, it's still something that can be played and it still shows off something else that Mariah can do, even though it is still a cover. What's your number seven, Gia? Okay, my number seven is got to be, do you know where you're going to? I feel like this is like the surprise one for me on the list. Like I wasn't expecting to have this be on my top, in my top 10, but it is... It's a chill vibe. And I think that she outdoes the original. I think that it's a shame the song wasn't a little bigger. I think I get why, though. I think she put it out on number ones or as a single or something. And then Jenny from The Flop did the same thing as well. I'm not sure exactly the tale behind the song or why she covered it or what it was meant to be. But I'm glad we got it. For MC30, we got an EP with that song and some remixes. I'd heard it before and I'd seen her do a live version. I think it was Lipped, however, but I'd always liked her version. So I'm, I don't know. I don't think there's that much to say about it. It's just a basic song from a uh, mahogany. Yeah. What is that movie? What is that movie, Gareth? Uh, mahogany. I've never seen it. It's a Diana Ross movie. Yeah. Um... It's about a fashion designer. And yeah, and Diana Ross originally did the song. It's nice. Um, it's not really a song that's supposed to go all over the place anyway, but it is a nice song. Um, Mariah, I'm not sure why she did it. I do like the little whistle, but again, I think it sits with, for me, it sits with what you were saying about bringing on the heartbreak. It just shows off something. But then I don't get why anyone would cover this song. How does this song go in the same lane as bringing on the heartbreak those whistles are totally different those are like airy light whistles that bringing on the heartbreak whistle is like boom right up in your face like i am showing off just i love that I though. <laughs> okay but then how is it the same they're not the same though they're just not but this and is showing off she's matching the instrumentation look what i can do the same with bringing on the heartbreak i totally get okay, what she's about matching the, okay okay she's matching the instrumentation fair but this isn't the same i wouldn't say this is the same as showing off though because i feel like mariah showing off versus like mariah being mariah is different. Like Mariah hitting the with note in Vision of Love. Is that showing off? Is that showing off? No, darling, that's not showing off. That's a vocal show. But sh is Mariah hitting the whistle notes in emotion showing off? No, not at all. I mean, a little bit, but she that's can. bullshit. Are you fucking kidding me? You're joking. That's not true. You're a fucking liar. It's it's like I can do this, and this is crazy. Like that's my point. To me, the, the whistle notes in Do You Know Where You're Going To is like, is building emotion. It's like setting the feeling. Do you know what I mean? I know what you're trying to say, know. but when you, I don't know, because I haven't seen this film. I've only heard Dinah Ross's version. So if you watch the film, you get the song. And then if you hear the Mariah version, would you need the whistles? No, but okay, Mariah's covering it, so we expect her to do it. It's not a shock, but they're beautiful, whatever. Well, I, don't, I don't necessarily expect Mariah to hit whistles. I mean... But, they, you I know, if it's there, it's just like, okay, you're not going to be like, oh, my God, you know? It would be like, oh, my God, yeah, she, does, she can do it, but then it's not so out of the blue, say, if somebody like Dinah Ross was to do whistle notes. So you'd be like, what the fuck? You know, you'd be like... 
snap. Okay, but <laughs> if Ariana Grande were to sing a song and hit a whistle note in it, you wouldn't be, oh my God, snatched because she can do that. I don't she even know if I'd that. make it to that part of an Ariana Grande song. <laughs> I think that says more about you than Ariana Grande then. No, I don't think it says anything about me. She doesn't she doesn't showcase much, that girl. Well, this is about Mariah's. Exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but going back, like going just going back to the song. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, there's a certain person that covered it around the same time. I have no bloody clue why somebody like that or even her herself of or someone of that vocal ability would cover the song unless you're going to add something else to it like what Mariah did. Because at least then you can listen to Mariah's vo- voice sing this song. Like, oh, this is nice. This is nice. But then it doesn't really go any place that's like, whoa, apart from the whistle note. But it is no, nice. She adds, she adds a lot of melisma and runs to that song that weren't there. And just her vocal layering. She adds like a totally... 90s R&B moment to that song. Diana Ross is super like Supremes, you know what I mean? Like she's super Motown. That's a different singing style. Like even I'd say Diana's even more like a post Aretha baby Aretha. I don't even know how to describe Diana Ross. Like she's not the best singer to me. Yeah, she's not a great singer. She's a diva. She has a nice tone to her voice, though. She does have a nice oh, tone she, to her yeah, voice. Yeah, she's got a good tone. Well, I just feel like, do you know where you're going to is not the same sort of territory as the Def Leppard cover. I just think yeah, that... You, well, when you say like that with De- Def Leppard, I'm not to even consider in Def Leppard when I made that comment. I know, I'm just saying, I think that... I'm talking about approach to the performance of the song. This song is not even in my top ten, so... It's not even good enough for my top 10. It's not good enough for my top 10. <laughs> yeah, good. Because bringing on the heartbreak's not good enough for my top 10. So, <laughs> so shall we move on? <laughs> this is going to get so much more interesting with this one. <laughs> oh, oh, no, oh, no. My number six is Without You. Purely <laughs> because, purely because... If you take it back to 1970 with the original version, the Bad Finger version of Without You, this was like a bit more of an upbeat song. It's just obviously the the, the lyrics are still there, of course, but the, the, the tempo of the music is more upbeat. Then we get Harry Nilsson's version in 1972 with his cover, and it's more emotional. It's beautiful, beautiful version. But obviously... Which is the version she... That is the version she's covering. She's covering the Harry Nelson version, yeah. In 1993, her version was absolutely beautiful. Out of all three, hers is probably the best version. Well, it is. And for me, it was a pure vocal showcase. This was the moment, which we've said before in some of the lives, this was the moment when she went to number one in the UK. She was everywhere I saw her on top of the pops. My mom changed the channel and I was like, who is this? Who is this? And then I kept hearing the song, kept seeing it everywhere on television. Who is this? My mom just would not let it play. Nope, nope, nope. And then uh, I love the vocal flow, the way she goes from like soft 
to like soaring, soft to soaring. It's just absolutely, as a vocal performance, it's amazing. In terms of emotional and, um, uh, you know, the subject matter of it, the narrative of it, not so much. It doesn't necessarily take me with her. The instrumentation, though, helps me follow along. But um, it's all about the vocal uh, quality for this. So it always holds a special place in my heart just because it was the very, very, very first time I was introduced to her. It could float around. It probably would float around this latter half of my top 10, though, depending on how I'm feeling. But at the moment, it's my number six. I, no, <laughs> hate I it. Just, <laughs> no, I don't hate I don't hate any of these songs. I don't. I don't. I am not making my top 10 list based purely off of nostalgia. But that is, that's my only thing. But that's not how everyone needs to make their list. So I, I think that Without You is a basic song. And that doesn't mean that I don't love it. That doesn't mean that I think some less of someone for having it on their list. I just feel like indifferent to it i know what you mean there's another one that we've mentioned that isn't even on my list as well that's in the same vein of without you bring on heartbreak and oh open arms yeah, yeah. it's and super without you and open arms are super like past for me they're just not they're not my thing i i do love without you it's it's a nice cover, but yeah, it's it's neither here nor there. The only thing that holds it for me is the nostalgic element of it. And then I'm drawn into the vocals after that, you know. But the rest are all down to, like, the quality. Obviously, there's some nostalgic element in some of them, but we'll get there. We'll get there. To me, when Mariah sings Without You or Open Arms at the concert, on the Daydream World Tour, or the video that I'm watching, that's the part when I want to like skip it or like go get a snack or get refill my splash. Like, I don't know why. I think it's just that I'm not the biggest ballad queen. Like I love a vision of love and that's a ballad, right? I, of course. I, yeah. But to me, those are like, they're different kind of ballads. I don't know. They're the very middle of the road. And when it's a cover of somebody else's songs, when she writes such good songs herself, obviously in 1993, we knew this, but we didn't know what else she could do at this point. But like for somebody like Mariah to get up there and sing those songs, then it's just like, okay, this is nice. But other than that, no, you know, like even Hero is always going to be a better performance than without you same but to me hero and without you are like the same story to me like i wouldn't i love hero love 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 hero it's way way higher on the list than without you but it probably wouldn't i mean would it make my top 10 that's a whole different episode okay okay my next one is another Diana Ross, which I'm like super confused by, and it's Love Hangover, Heartbreaker. Oh, I was not expecting you to say that. I thought you were going to say Baby Love. No, Love Hangover. Ah, okay. Yeah. And I love a slow, sexy, slinky moment, and that gives me all of the vibes. Like Diana Ross's song, Sweet Surrender, it reminds me of that. I just think Mariah sings Diana Ross really well. She serves it. And we keep talking about how she can be really extra. And I love the extraness in her voice, you guys. I do, I do. But 
I feel like there is there's more in subtlety sometimes like less is more and when Mariah is giving us a little bit less like a subdued moment I just feel like she's serving us more sometimes why is it number six in your list so this made the list it's not my favorite but it's not my least favorite um I probably should have put it as my number 10. <laughs> I probably should Because <laughs> I definitely like just be good to me more. But to me, all of these covers are like, are in the top 10. So they're all my number one. You know what I mean? Yeah, in a way, yeah. So shall we move to number five? Yeah, let's go to your number five. Gareth, what are you serving us now? I bet I know what it is. I guess I'm guessing your whole list now. Sweetheart. <gasps> Ooh, okay. Because at this point in her career, everybody had got her down as this big ballad queen. And then obviously we got the songs like Fantasy, Dream Lover, Honey. Um, we hadn't quite got Heartbreaky yet, but you know, we knew she, she could turn around a bop and give it to us. But you know, at this point in 98, I didn't know about some of these more up-tempo songs, or at least I didn't know that they were her. You hear stuff and whatnot, but most of the time it was a slow song you'd hear, especially in the UK. When I heard Sweetheart, I thought, this is gorgeous. A cover of the Rayleigh Davis song, the 1986 track, of the same name, obviously, and she's not done much 1986. 1986, yeah. She hasn't done much to it vocally, but the music is all R&B, like in terms of the 1998, late 90s R&B, it's proper like of that time. Whereas the original is very hectic, very synthy, very 80s. Rise is like more chilled, more smooth, even though it's got this sort of like stuttering like music behind it, it's it's gorgeous. And she did something completely different with the with the music. Love it, definitely love it better than the original even with JD doing his thing all over it, even though like, it's a little irritating, but it is what it is. It is featuring him after all. The middle eight in the original has a rap section and it's strange. Like, Rady Davis, just, I'm sure, I'm sure that's her name and not like the name of the band, but she just goes straight into this rap thing and it's just like, well, what, what's this? Where did this come from? And it's almost just adds a little bit more of a hectic layer to the hecticness of the song and yeah Marais is just so much nice to listen to to sing along to um easier to have on in the background of course but it's a song that I can definitely be like I want to listen to Sweetheart um the original definitely not no even if it came on in the background and I was busy I'd probably be like get this off but um it's it's hip it's cool. It's definitely what Mariah should have been doing with covers. We had all the ballads and then it's just like, time to move on. Give us give us bops now if you're going to do a cover and slay it. I agree that she should definitely at this point be giving us more bop covers than ballad covers, for sure. I don't know what the the deal is with me, uh, but I just don't like Sweetheart very much. Um, maybe it is the... the bars I don't know the back and forth little thing they did to the background or the yeah I'm not sure it just never clicked with me I used to listen to it more often when I would play my greatest hits album because somehow that managed to get on the greatest hits album but 
it's just not my favorite. I don't know why. I should give that another try, though. I should go around and listen to Sweetheart again. But that's not on my list, so. So what's your number five? So my number five is gotta be, I gotta take it to Christmas and give us a Christmas song because there's so many. But this one stands out to me is one of her best covers and it's made the list because God rest ye merry gentlemen is one of Mariah Carey's best covers. I don't care what anybody has to say. It's very, it's very short. It's so short. It's definitely, I don't know why, but it stands out in that short length of time. She puts in an entire gospel choir of Mariah Carey's. She makes all of the layers happen and she just turns that song into a completely different moment and she takes us to church first of all what do you think well if that's your number five that's your number five but that's my number five i don't know though for me like a mariah i've I've not got any christmas songs in this list but like well we've discussed this before like if i had to pick a mariah carey christmas cover it would obviously be baby please come home because she actually slays it makes it her own the baby please come home sounds just like the original it does but they don't give the same vocals as what she gives they don't give the same vocal but it I mean, yeah, she, it's a different vocal. It's obviously Mariah singing, but she doesn't turn this, turn Baby Please Come Home into her own song like she turns Oh Holy Night into her own song. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, I totally see what you're saying. It's a bigger song. It's more of a famous cover. But to me, this one's just more of my favorite. I'm so glad that it is a bonus track on the vinyls because on the CD and the the mp3 version like on your phone it doesn't have it so i'm glad i have it on my vinyl really um, CD. oh <laughs> well i don't think the american version oh, that's shitty so number four we're on number four my number four da, 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 out here on my own oh my god that's my number four also really yeah literally Oh, uh, so we can be friends again. <laughs> like, for a second, I was like, damn, we're gonna have to fight after this episode. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Out Here on My Own is, it's a cover, again, we did not know about it. So when it came about, it was like, what is this? It's so much better than the Eileen Cara version or whatever it They're is. They're both good, but yeah, you're right. They're I both lo- good though. I love her version, don't get me wrong. Um, it's way, 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 way more musical theater. Yeah. Yeah, and Mariah's is like all about the singing. It, you know? yeah, Irene's is full on drama. True, this is like proper classic vocal slayage that we knew nothing about, but it's a different moment because it's not some power ballad that everybody was like living their life by in the 80s, early 90s. This is something completely different, like you said, this is musical theater, and it's got a whole different subject matter to it it's it it's everything it's emotional it's soaring it doesn't need that big drum beat doesn't need the big key change it just goes through and vocally builds even though the music doesn't necessarily build the vocals build and it's huge for me she slayed the fuck out of this song gareth definitely 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 the fact that we just didn't know that she was hiding these gorgeous rainbow slash glitter vocals and then just dropped them on us i can't believe that this cover was hiding for so long and it's one of our tops like it's in our top five it made it to the top five and it was 
you've been a lamb since the 90s and this this has been hiding the whole time this has been in hiding the whole time you've been a lamb not even been rumored either i didn't remember seeing any kind of like rumors about this song anywhere you know there's been a few things like oh she's done this she's recorded this and some of those have proved to be not true but then you know we knew about other songs that have since been released like lover boy slip it away which we heard it was a b-side as well as we know but then you know what was the other one save the day was supposed to be for an album around 2011 2012 maybe Um, can you hear me was one that we didn't know about I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know anything about Can You Hear Me, but that was a little bit before I jumped onto the lamb train anyway. So I don't know, somebody right. like, I don't know, somebody like an older person who was probably like in their teens or older around that time might have known about it, but I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out. Who knows? But yeah, it's definitely one of those hidden moments. Like most of the, rar- well, not most of the rarities, like a quarter of the rarities. <laughs> Some of the, the fraction. Yes, a fair fraction, darling, a fair fraction. All right, so we both had the same number four. We both so had do you want to go to your number three then? We can, yeah, if you're ready. Yeah. My number three is The Beautiful Ones. And I love the Prince version. Absolutely adore the Prince version. And when Mariah did it, she did something a little bit different. You know, Prince is singing it and it's nice. It's obviously all the Prince spectacularity, but Mariah turned it into one, she turned it into a conversation. It was a duet with uh, Drew Hill. So it was a conversation with her and Cisco. There's harmonies, there's soaring vocals. So we get all of this extraness with this song that makes it completely different. Again, it makes it her own song separate to the Prince version. And we know Beyonce covered it. Yeah, great. Beyonce pretty much did the Prince song. Mariah made it something completely different. And I was completely shocked when I heard the Prince. I had Mariah's first. It was the first version of this song I heard. And then when I heard Prince's version, I thought, oh, wow, this is completely different. Obviously, it has that nice little stuttering piano similar kind of approach to how it's sung but obviously the vocal abilities are different so Mariah can take it somewhere else um and who better than Cisco from Drew Hill yeah it's this song is everything it's six minutes when you think they've done all the vocal gymnastics that they possibly can it goes somewhere else and there's more it's just delivering all the time this this cover and I can I don't think I can ever get over this cover. Yes. So my number three is got to be You and I. The cover that she does live nice. for Stevie Wonder's tribute. Okay. So do you know this one, Gareth? You do you remember this song? Do I remember this song? Of course <laughs> I remember this song. This is beautiful. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. This could have sat perfectly on charm bracelet, even instead of bringing on the heartbreak. I it could have get- took out bringing out the heartbreak. Yes. <laughs> but only oh. only if when she goes into that bit where all the music stops, it's just like, and then she goes into that long note, but then stops it. Like, if she'd have done that as a proper long note, gorgeous, beautiful. Yeah, so I don't know what there is to really say about this. She did it as a tribute for Stevie Wonder. She covered his song. 
I feel like I had to throw it in there because she's giving us these beautiful low notes that she's normally not giving us some of her lowest notes ever. She still brings it up into some higher notes and some whistles, but it's just very subtle and it's just not doing the most. And that's probably my favorite version of Mariah is the subtle not doing the most Mariah. If she ever does that, I don't know. It seems to give us quite a lot, like everything in that performance. When I first watched that for the first time, it was everything I was living for that I was hearing. And I just thought, this is great. And I think it was probably because it was during the time when we had Charm Bracelet and it was loads of high notes. There was some layering, but it was mainly like the high notes. And so when she comes on and she just starts going into the deep voice, like not even um, Stevie Wonder sings it like this. So no, she, not even she she just did something else with it. It's beautiful. And then she she has the build. It's not the build that we were expecting, like with the other songs we've mentioned. And it didn't need to be. It's such a beautiful song. It's such a laid back kind of song anyway on its own. So when she did it, she did it her own way. And she still gave us everything that we want from a Mariah vocal. I just would have but liked- But it was, it was less dramatic. Like it yeah. was not that, it wasn't that much. Even though she does do a full climax, she gives us belting, she gives us whistle notes, she gives us transitions, she gives us looks, she gives us hair, she gives us dresses, mm-hmm. shoes, all of it. She's giving us a full Mariah performance, but it's just, it's, it's all I can describe it as is a super charm bracelet era. Cause mm-hmm. it's humble, it's very humble is a very, very humble performance. Yeah. I just would have loved that long, that last note, that that note that she does where it's, you feel like it's going to be a long note and it isn't. She does half of it. I would have preferred it to just go on longer, a bit of a brato, you know. But other than that, that's the only thing. The rest of the song, I love. And I, I'm so gutted we don't have a... Um, either a recorded moment of the live performance or a studio moment of this. Yeah, so with that, I think that it's number two. With my number two and my number one, it was really tough to decide because they kind of both are up on my number one for me. So I had to just pick, I just had to pick a vibe. So my number two is just be good to me. I love the vibe That's a good one. It's a good one. I love how she just fucking comes out and sings it. Again, it would have been nice to have had it as a a studio moment or a B-side, a recording of the live. I'm pretty sure it might have been somewhere. But yeah, like, I'm glad we now have it on the rarities because it makes so much sense for her to be into this song in any way, shape or form and to actually do a cover of it. And so early on in her career, you know, when she's doing Without You and Open Arms and blah, 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 blah. And for her to do this song, I like the SOS band, the original version in from 1983, of course. Um, I love that. I love it, love it, love it. There's another version. I think it was only done in the UK. I might be wrong. In 1990 called Dub Be Good To Me. And it's basically the same song. And it's really stripped. It's the drum beat pretty much. It's really cool for the time. So I do like both versions. I do like the original better though by the SOS band. Hence me liking Mariah's version because she does match it more to the original, of course. She probably doesn't even know about the other version. 
it just gives us everything. It gives you hip hop. It gives you soul. It gives you a little bit of rock with the guitar solo. Everything that the 80s and 90s were about as well. It's just, it sums everything up for me and it's perfect. It makes perfect sense. It's a little bit synthy in places too, of course. Her vocals match it perfectly. For the time, if we go back to 1995, if I'd have known about it then, this would have been everything for me. You know, 10-year-old boy, this would have been everything. That's, I can't yeah. say much more. <laughs> I probably, I probably, I think I said this already, I probably should have ranked it higher. Like I said, I just put down my top 10 covers down. I didn't actually rank them, but I feel like Just Be Good To Me is already higher than number 10. Like just after hearing us talk about it. So, Yeah. But it's a great song. I totally think that it should have been on Music Box or Daydream or something. It, I don't know. Instead of Open Arms, I think it should have been Just Be Good To Me or add it to Music Box. Because I know she performed on the Music Box tour as well. It would I'm have not been sure. cute on the Music Box album. It would have I been. think so. But when you think, think of been. like, I've been thinking about you and the other song that sounds the same. Yeah, yeah. Those songs. Yeah. So what's your number two, Gia? Mine, I've got a lot of live covers in here, but um, my number two has got to be with you. I'm born again with John Legend at the VH1 Save the Music. As soon as I saw this, I fell in love with this performance, fell in love with this performance, fell in love with this performance. I just think their voices blend so well together. The whistle notes she's giving um, during that little music break are haunting, so captivating. I just think that, I don't know, she's back. This is the emancipation, right? This is, yeah. she's, yeah, she's fully back, fully emancipated, serving us these old school, like diva moment, like with the leg out, the dress. Yeah. I just feel like, it, I know that these are all like performances and I'm describing the whole thing and it's not just the song. But I feel like it makes it. It's it part of this. It's still covers. Yeah, it's still a cover. And I think that I prefer Mariah's live covers. And I wish a lot of these would have been on an album somewhere. Yeah. I think it could have fit on The Emancipation of Mimi. Like, I'm... it reminds me of Stay the Night, even though they're not the same at all. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. When I first heard this, there was a, a vulnerability to her live vocals here because they're they're amazing but there's still like of course she's a human being there's still that a little bit of a shakiness to her vocals as she's trying to sing it not I don't mean that in a bad way like she's not trying trying but you know what I mean as she's singing it there's a shakiness to it and it's not that she can't do it it's just that you can hear that it's live and that and also the fact that she's singing with John Legend and I just thought hang on a second like why have we not got anything else with her and John Legend of course mine again people would have been fucking everything with John Legend I I dislike mine again and I think it would have been great as a duet yeah yeah I think it would have been way better as a duet but yeah just the fact that their voices blend so well together. It starts out so low and so soft and then it creeps into the music breakdown and then the whistles and then they build their vocals more and then in the end, they're both belting and just killing it. And Mariah's rasp is like fully developed at this point. So I just like love a raspy vocal. And that's why my number one is going to be its number one, but well, one of the reasons why, but yeah, I just love this song a ton. 
and they completely outdid the original by Billy Preston and Cyrita Wright. Right. I'm not too aware of the original. It's been covered by everyone. Like everyone covers this song. Yeah. Like Shantae Moore has a cover of it. Everyone. Oh, I like so many people. Anyone who does the whistles. But what's your number one? I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> you got me excited because you said it's like up there with your number two. My number one is Don't Play That Song For Me. It's because I loved the Aretha Franklin version so much. I have Aretha Franklin's like collection on CD, all of us um, are bigger hits. And Don't Play That Song For Me always stood out to me. And I just thought this is such a fun song. And when you hear somebody like Aretha Franklin sing something like this in the same way as Mariah, you hear the emotion in the vocal. And, you know, when she's singing that, um, don't let him play it because it fills my heart with pain. It's just like, I can hear it. I can feel it. You know what I mean? She's actually begging for this song not to be played, whatever that song might be. And so it's, it, it's up there with, with my favorite Aretha Franklin songs. And then I read that Mariah It's a Carey- great, it's a great Aretha song, like period. Like even like it is, it made my top 10 definitely, but it's your number one. And it is actually like a really, really good underrated Mariah cover. And she slays the fuck out of this song. Oh my God. She fucking nailed it. When yeah. I, I read that she'd covered it, because I did, I did an assignment on Mariah Carey at university and I did not know at the time and I was doing some research on Mariah Carey and I read that she performed this song at the Tattoo Club and I thought, oh my God, I need to find this, I need to find this. And at that time, this was like when YouTube was like early days, you know. So couldn't find it anywhere. And then eventually found it and I was blown away. I just thought, this is gorgeous. And it's definitely, obviously I have that as my favorite Aretha Franklin song, but then it's not my favorite Mariah song, but it's definitely up there. It's just as good as the Aretha Franklin version. I know it's a cover, whatever, but Aretha's was a cover. Uh, Benny King covered it in 1962. It's not very emotional. Aretha Franklin did it in like 1970, so quite a bit later. And then Mariah did it 20 years later in 1990 at the Tattoo Club. So yeah, thank God for social media and for that and for other moments like that. And also thank God for MC30 because when she released that for MC30, I was just like, okay, MC30 is going to blow my mind now because if this is a good indication of the rest of it, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so Gia, come on, give it to us. What's your number one? Okay, so my number one is one that you had on your list already as well. And that's why it was kind of quiet when you brought it up. And I think you already know what it is because, yes, you already know, because I love this song and it's from my favorite album. I think that The Beautiful Ones is Mariah Carey's best cover. And I think I, I don't know if I've ever talked about it before, she does everything you said. I was thinking, period, period, bitch, period. <laughs> I was like trying not to like talk the whole time. Like, yes, Gareth, bitch, tell them. But like <laughs> the emotion in the song, like it feels like there's a breakup happening, like, mm. and you're listening, like you're a fly on the wall in the conversation. 
the way that her voice cracks and is raspy the whole time in the end, the song is so long. And I feel like the kids don't have the patience to listen to it. I feel like so I've heard so many lambs be like, this is the one skip on butterfly. This is like, like her worst cover. And I'm over here like, what are you guys talking about? Yes, I actually used to dislike this song when I first became a lamb and I would always skip it just because of the the piano or the beginning. The same syndrome, the 10 second syndrome that Memoirs has, this song has with the bang, 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 mm-hmm. bang, bang, <laughs> with the piano. It's so annoying. The keyboard is so annoying in the beginning. But when you get to the end and the climax builds and everything is there, that breakdown in the keyboard, it, it, oh my God, there's such... I can't even explain it, but like that song, to me, that song is the entire feeling of Butterfly, the album Butterfly. I feel like that's a, a breakup happening in that song. And when they finally break up and then the, the keyboard breaks in and starts taking over and doing like runs on the keyboard and they're like hitting high notes and um, whispers and falsetto notes and whistles and everything. To me, that's like, oh my gosh, Mariah and Derek Jeter, it's over. You know what I mean? I don't even know how to explain it. Do you know what I'm talking about at the end? It kind of sums up all the desperation throughout the album. It's as if it's all been, it's a thought process throughout the album, but this is the offloading. This is the conversation. It's being let out. Yeah, Yeah. this is the argument, the breakup at the end. I remember hearing, I know I mentioned this earlier, I remember hearing Beyonce's version thinking, what? Because I knew it was identical to the original. And I said to a friend, because my friend, she really appreciates listening to different music. She was, when we read that Mariah was doing, I know, I want to know what love is. We were here for it before we heard it. And that was what it was. But like, we love everybody. But then I said to her, because she, she could not stop bagging on about Beyonce's version at Glastonbury. And I said, you need to listen to Mariah's version. So I sent her a link. And her response was, it's too slow. I thought, what are you saying? I know. I feel like everyone says it's too long. It's too slow. It's annoying. I don't like it. But I'm like, you guys need to have patience. This is a story. This is the climax of Butterfly. Besides outside, you guys, like, don't come for me. Obviously, outside is a different side. Like, to me, Butterfly, there's the, it's like, honey, when it washes over me, I've got a dependency, codependency codependent side of butterfly and then there's the inner child wounds that i'm biracial not accepted two things two storylines coming together and the beautiful ones is the climax of one of those storylines and i just feel like it's a pivotal part of this album and people are sleeping on it definitely it's of course when you want to listen when you're in the mood for listening to something a little bit upbeat whatever it might be and you want it to just get into the bloody song, of course. Um, a lot of rock songs have, when they really like get into their artistry, if you listen to an album, there's a couple of songs on there where they really go for it with the intro, just like, just get into it. I want to hear those choruses. I want to hear that rock key change. You know what I mean? But that's not what this song is. But when you listen to it, the piano has me hooked. And I get what you're saying but it has me hooked. And then when the vocals start to come in, that baby, 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 I'm just there. I'm just like, okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I love this song. I love everything about it. It's so fitting for Butterfly. Um, But a lot of people 
are bored by the beginning. No, it's there's yeah, people are like skip. No, you can't skip this song. And if you skip this song and then moan about it later, you don't have it's like voting. If you don't get involved, you can't comment, you know? It's it, you know, it's always if someone if someone says I don't like this song, have you listened to it all the way through? I'm pretty sure that at least 80-85% are gonna be like, no. All right, Gareth, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to that next time. I'm like, listen to this Ariana Grande. No. That's different though. Ariana Grande's like gumball machine music, right? No, we're not, getting it. we're not getting it. We'll have, a whole, we'll have a whole episode about Ariana Grande. Next. <laughs> Next. Okay, I'll but make yes, sure the I, I save my spare change. <laughs> the Beautiful Ones is phenomenal. Lambs, if this is a skip for you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. You're, if, I bet if it's a skip for you, you're 15 or younger. That's how I feel. Right. Right. And even then, like, come on, you've got an advantage here. Listen to it. I think I was like, I don't know how old I was. I probably was around that age, actually, when I first heard it for the first time, even though it was released when I was like 11, 12. But yeah, I listened to it a bit later and I just thought, oh my God, this is amazing. I loved it from the moment I heard it. I did, it didn't I, have to warm to me. I used to not like it because I would be over it by, I used to be like, it's long. But no, you. there's a point. There's yeah, a reason. The, the vocals, like, they only really get into the whole, like, vocal runs, like, later on anyway. Exactly. The whole, it's a, she makes you wait. Just like at the concert, she's making you wait. This is the best, honestly, it's one of the best vocal moments on Butterfly. And yeah. her voice sounds different on this song than any other song on Butterfly also. It's got that, like, whoa, did caution era mariah just appear on the butterfly album it no it does have that it has a weird sort of like when she's like crying like i don't even know how to describe it when she's saying why but she's dragging it out and doing runs on it and then i don't know man there's just there's pain there's there's elements of this song where you look forward and you hear elements of older mariah in this younger 97 mariah and it's like oh okay i hear where this came from yeah a lot a lot of like reviews and stuff around this time things i've looked back on um said that this was a time when she uh, lost her voice or was losing her voice and i don't think that was the case with butterfly i think she was just really going for it and it just gave us a, a raw sound to her runs her belts her her bigger vocal um abilities so on butterfly you know she does have that like raspiness on i think baby doll so don't keep me up because i won't be waiting long and after that that whole moment when she does to me the whole butterfly album is raspier than anything that we've heard before oh of course but and the whole era is just her voice changed like her speaking voice changed it got lighter and her singing voice changed but that's life everyone's voice changes but it's more evident on like certain songs on butterfly of course my number one covers of the butterfly cover of course (laughs) well it makes sense there were there aren't any on the emancipation of Mimi, so i bet that it would be good though i swear if there was a cover on emancipation it'd be a it'd be a banger because open arms and without you have to go honey I'm not mad at them. I just think open arms could have been on music bar, something else. We know you're not mad. <laughs> <We> know. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Like, 
I love the journey version of Open Arms, of course, the original. That's amazing. But did Mariah need to do that? No. Did she need to do Against All Odds? No. Did she need to do Without You? No, not really. I'm glad we got it. But the other two, no. I don't know why I have such an issue with those covers. They're middle of the road, like, that's why. I just feel like they're so middle of the road. Yeah, I don't I don't know. They're like more middle of the road than the rest of the albums. And then they they or than the rest of the album and then they make the album more middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause imagine if without you wasn't on music box. It wouldn't fit anywhere else. Right? Yeah. And imagine if open arms was replaced with slipping away or something. That would have been that's cute. that's that's probably why I get so mad. Is like there's one night and slipping away, not on this album, but open arms is on this album. And then there's um all I live for and everything fades away, but um without you. Without you is on music box. Like, what is that? That's why I'm probably Yeah. So Nickers in a bunch about this, but sorry, I'm not trying to be. I don't know why. I I don't usually just feel this way. Like, oh my God, without you and open arms. Like, but I think at that time, without you was kind of like a a subtle, I will always love you for her. You know, Whitney Houston did, I will always love you. And it's not amazing. Dolly that Parton, didn't happen yet. That didn't happen yet. I know it was after I will always love you. But like. No, it wasn't. I, I will always love you didn't happen yet. Yeah, I, I will always love you. It was 1992. Really? Yeah. Is that when that movie came out? Yes. I thought that movie came out in 94. No, 92, darling. <gasps> Ew, ugh, that's so old. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking this up. I'm not lying. I was around. I can't believe it's so old. I love the bodyguard. No, see, you that's how... That that you want. <laughs> you got the thing that you need. No, that's like, oh, my favorite song from that is probably, I want to run to you. God, that whole movie is so good, though. Oh, but I saw Waiting to Exhale the other day. Oh, yeah, you told me. Yeah, that was good, good, good. But it was super, super 90s. Like, of course. It was that, really... I think... That feels more 90s than I Will Always Love You. Than The Bodyguard, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't have placed, like, to me, The Bodyguard's so timeless. That's why I am shook that it came out in 92, not 94, because Waiting to Exhale came out in, like, 95, 96. And that is way, 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 way more 90s feeling than (laughs) The Bodyguard. Like, The Bodyguard doesn't even feel super 80s compared to the waiting to exhale it just is timeless okay but i hope you guys enjoyed our top 10 covers be sure to rate subscribe review follow us on the adventures of Gigi instagram to catch our after show we do a live usually every sunday so we hope to see you there okay thank you very much guys all right you guys thank you for joining we'll see you soon bye Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye. Okay, I have to go potty. Are you naked? No, I have a bandeau. Oh. Oh, my God. Uh, cut.